Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yo, what's going on? This is Kenny Anderson, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. Welcome to The Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just go to that podcast section on your iPhone. Rate five stars. Write a review and make sure if you have Spotify, which I do, make sure you go to podcasts and search us there and follow us there. Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show is the social media handles. Make sure you get us on there. We got a busy show to get into this week. We have, coming up later, Mike Mazio from the New York Daily News, the New York Yankees beat writer, will join us. And Connor Bruggeman. This kid is a penny stock trader, turned his barbecue server money, his barbecue restaurant server money, into hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he, he's part of Herb.co, uh, uh, basically the empire of the cannabis industry online. So check that out. And tomorrow, former NBA All-Star, and his Mr. Chibs documentary is out. Kenny Anderson will join us to talk about the documentary, his clinics. We'll talk uh, the playoffs. We'll talk about why he didn't get in the big three. We talk cigars. Uh, we talk about it all with Kenny. So make sure you check that out tomorrow. A lot to get into with the Cavs really just saying, you know what? We, we had to give you one Celtics fans. We had to give you one game. We had to avoid pulling off what the Warriors did. We couldn't win three straight series in sweeping fashion. We had to let Isaiah and his crew, after Isaiah went down his injury, win one game. And then they said, you know what? We'll have you, we'll let you have a nice first half, too. We'll let you take a lead in the first half. We'll let you have a double-digit lead in the first half. And then the most underrated player, maybe, most underrated player in the NBA, Kyrie Irving, said, hey, hi, guys, you forget about me? I mean, there's a guy, LeBron, but I'm here, too. I'm here. And 42 points uh, will open some eyeballs. A playoff career high for Kyrie Irving. And again, a double-digit win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And now they will go to Boston on Thursday to try to wrap this series up. And how could you say they won't? When Kyrie plays like he did, they're unstoppable. And it's only fitting that Richard Jefferson said LeBron was sick during Game 3. The, game, the same game he had 11 points on 4-13 shooting and 6 turnovers. Because let's be real, if LeBron puts up those kind of numbers, something is wrong. And now we have learned there is. Now let's not make excuses, but a sickness might have been the reason, reason that he had maybe the worst game of his life. It was the worst game of his playoff career besides the 2014 conference finals against the Pacers when he went two for 10 from the field with just seven points he was dealing with a bug said Richard Jefferson that made him lethargic listen King James is going to finish this series off King James and Kyrie and Kevin King Kyrie and Kevin the killer K's right now are just taking care of business 
and you don't think the Warriors sweep inspired them? The Warriors just made slight work of the San Antonio Spurs, who have one of the great coaches in all of sports. And once Ka- Kawhi Leonard went down, the life was just sucked out of San Antonio. And then it became, all right, let's cheer on Manu for a terrific career, a potential maybe, maybe, Hall of Fame career as our season ends. I mean, a sweep. You don't think they said, all right, it's showtime. We want them. Again, another one, in the words of DJ Khaled. You don't think they said, bring it, baby. Bring the bad boys in the bay. Bring us Steph. Bring us Kevin Durant. Bring us Clay Thompson. Bring us Draymond Green for a seven-game series. Not six. Remember, Draymond played six because the kick to the nuts got him suspended a game. Let's play a series with no suspensions. Let's play a series with everybody healthy. And let's boogie, baby, because this could be one of the great NBA finals ever. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, we're talking about an all-time NBA finals and something that the NBA needs badly. I mean, they really need a good NBA finals because these playoffs have just been terrible. We've had one good playoff series, and that was Wizards-Celtics. And it's time that we have another good one. And it's leading up to be one of the greats. I mean, it's leading up to be one of the all-time NBA Finals. And it should be. Because we're dealing with two superstar teams that are like Batman and Superman. And then a bunch of a bunch of Robins and a bunch of lower superheroes that no one cares about who are who are in the show, but not relevant. Because we know what it comes down to. It comes down to these guys. Curry, KD, Kyrie, King James. And then the rest of the guys they got with them that are also showing up as expected in the playoffs. I love the fight the Celtics showed. I love what they did with that Isaiah Thomas going out there and winning on the road. Give him all the credit in the world. But hey, a sick LeBron, the cra- one of the craziest buzzer-beating bounces you'll ever see in Avery Bradley's three-pointer that somehow went in to win them the game. And they do get one. And guess what? I said Cavs and five because you knew they were going to get one game. You knew the Celtics would get one, and that one they got was a wild bounce. It ends in Boston. Listen, if you think home court advantage means something, it really doesn't right now because the Cavaliers just made the Celtics look like a D-League team. Just lit them up in games one and two. I mean, it was over after the first quarter. Just as a lot of the Warriors and Cavs games have been in this playoffs. Games that have been over after the first quarter. And the Warriors come into these finals now well-rested. They won't play again until June 1st. That's when the finals come. And they're coming in healthy. They're going to be rested. They're coming in healthy. They're coming in with home court which does matter in the finals because the Warriors at home are crazy. And they're the first team in NBA history to go 12-0 and through the first three rounds. No team has done it. There's been two 11-0s, never a 12-0. They are unstoppable. And as long as no one's kicking each other in the balls, they're going to be hard to beat, even with the Cavs. 
I mean, I've said it all year that the Warriors are just unstoppable. They're not going to lose. And people want to write stories. Oh, the Spurs could beat them. The Rockets could beat them. Oh, the Cavs. Oh, the Wizards could beat them. I mean, the Celtics could beat them. No. This is where we see the superstar shine when the light is bright like a diamond. The words of Rihanna. And guess what? Everyone around these two teams. Nobody is safe. They don't stand a chance. And listen, LeBron wins these finals, and we talked about Kenny Anderson. It's the talk of the sound. It's LeBron Jordan, who's better, who's who's the best player. Is it different eras, as old guys will say, and new guys will say, hey, blah, blah, blah. LeBron beats this Warriors team, and this is the toughest task he'll face. This is the best opponent he will face in his career. If he goes out and beats these Warriors, and I, I think the Warriors are going to win, but if he goes out and beats these Warriors, you put him right there. I mean, this is the greatest competition he'll ever face. This is better competition than Jordan probably ever faced. And, and Jordan wasn't guarded by the likes of Andre Iguodala in these cl- crunch times. Two of his famous shots were shot on Elo. Who? Elo? Who? Emo? Who? Craig Elo. Come on. The guy was a scrub. The shot where he pushed off a little bit on the Jazz. Byron Russell? Who? Seven point the game, Byron Russell? That guy? Andre Iguodala wins the MVP while giving up 37 a game to LeBron. The guy scores 37 and they gave the defensive player the MVP. That's unheard of. So if containing the King is 37 points... We got ourselves a treat. We got ourselves a dandy coming up. But again, we'll see. I mean, maybe the Celtics shock the world. And God, man, would Adam Silver and company be very mad at the Celtics guy here? Because the Warriors will average 30-point victories if they play the Boston Celtics in the final. I mean, it will not be pretty. That series will be over quicker than that idiot who wrote that tweet that I have to pull up about the just tragic shooting in Manchester. And we we have to say thoughts and prayers with everyone there. I mean, there was innocent children that died because of this bomb that went off at an Ariana Grande concert. And I I happened to be at an Ariana Grande concert a couple of months ago. I mean, I can't believe just there being there and just a bomb going off. And David, I shouldn't even say it. He doesn't deserve the attention. The guy was fired. Actually, a former CBS writer, too, freelance writer, David Leavitt, who kept tweeting after that. He finally deleted that tweet after way too long. And if he thinks this attention, I mean, he's enjoying the attention, it seems. If losing your job is, is good, I mean, God bless you, I guess. And if you missed it, he tweeted multiple confirmed fatalities at Manchester Arena. The last time I listened to Ariana Grande, I almost died too. I mean, are you kidding me, man? We're talking about several people passing away, people being injured. So a lot of them being children. I mean, one of them was an eight-year-old who passed away. And this guy's joking about, like, last time I listened to her, I almost died too. Get a grip. I mean, delete your Twitter Delete your social media. Go live under a rock. Go to Wyoming. Get out of here. We don't want you here. Stop writing. You're a joke of a human. 
There's a time and a place for a joke, and that wasn't it, buddy. And there's probably a reason you're fired from everywhere. Because who cares about your writing? You're not funny. Just and, and then he went on and kept tweeting. I mean, just pathetic. What a waste of space. I mean, you worry about people on the internet. They type and they're behind the keyboard. And they think they could do whatever. And they think they're in, unstoppable. And then there's people who do that. What well, that fool did. Just pathetic. Not the only pathetic thing that was said this week. That should have been part of some of my beef, but I got to go off on someone else as well. It's time for JB's Beef. Sheldon Richardson is the guy that's just going to get ripped apart this week. Sheldon Richardson had the audacity the other day to say to the media, the locker room is a whole lot easier to get along with now when he was asked to elaborate man oh man y'all are thirsty let's just say I've got 15 reasons why it's better if you don't know Brandon Marshall's number 15 a clear shot at Brandon Marshall saying it's a better locker room without him listen Brandon Marshall's outspoken he's on showtime he's been outspoken with the with the Bears with the Broncos with the Jets and now he'll go to the Giants he's a passionate guy and the guy who took a shot at him just had no right in the world to do that. Get out. We're talking about Sheldon Richardson. Now, if you don't know the timeline of Sheldon Richardson events, this is the same Sheldon Richardson that, one, was suspended for substance abuse. Two, the same Sheldon Richardson who, when he was suspended for substance abuse, drove 140 miles an hour in a car, with the reeking of marijuana, with weed in the car, he was rolling up blunts, smoking blunts in the car while going 140 mile an hour. While his 12-year-old cousin was in the back seat. Damn, Jake, that, that's pretty bad. I mean, that, that's that's as bad as you can get. Oh, wait, there was more? Oh, oh, the same Sheldon Richardson who had the gun in the car while he was going 140, while he was smoking, while he had a 12-year-old in the back seat. That's Sheldon Richardson? The same Sheldon Richardson that called out Brandon Marshall? Damn, I mean, he's had a pretty troubled path. Wait, wait, Jake, stop. Uh, wasn't there another incident? Hello? I think there was. Oh, the same Sheldon Richardson, that, that guy, that big knucklehead, who Snapchats, I believe it was before a game last season, The same one that Snapchat either before or was at halftime. I think it was before the game. I mean, social media is just killing some guys here. Remember, this is the Sheldon Richardson that called the media thirsty. Oh, they're thirsty, Sheldon? Or are you the thirsty one? When you Snapchat chatted saying, where the hose at? F this game. Using hose, I mean, thinking, I mean, what is he, a rapper just saying hose out of nowhere? And we're not talking about garden tools. The how was. He said after this game. But you want to question the leadership and the locker room presence of a Brandon Marshall. A Brandon Marshall that has had a far better career than you. 
A Brandon Marshall that hasn't drove 140 miles an hour in a car while smoking blunts with your 12-year-old cousin with a gun in the car. And one not suspended for substance abuse. Your opinion is it is good as garbage. It's good as nothing. It's, it's just no one cares what you have to say. Come on, son. Come on. It's You just have no right in your mind to do such a thing. Just none. Hello? Do, do you realize who's talking here, Sheldon? Like, do you know what you've done? Do you know your trouble past? I don't think you understand. You're You're truly embarrassing yourself when you call out a guy who's done more than you in your career and one that hasn't made the mistakes that you have. The Jets are, I mean, he's lucky to still be in the New York Jets. I don't think Sheldon Richardson should be in a Jets uniform. I think the problems he's had are not worth keeping him, and I think you have enough guys on the defensive line where you could work around not having him. But, man. Sheldon Richardson thinks he's a larger-than-life figure. His belly is larger than life, and that's about the only thing that's larger than life. Listen, has he had a nice career on the field? Sure. But there's a certain point when the things you say and and uh, how you act off the field is just not worth keeping a guy. There's certain things you do and say is just say, you know, we, we don't we don't need you. We just don't. And the Jets could do this without Fly up or get flown over. They, they just can't. So pipe it down, big fella. Just please. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get 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 out. Get out. I mean, it's just not needed. And I mean, it's just it's just guys. I mean, his right to speak about someone in the locker room is is basically like Levar Ball's trying to speak about being respectful to women. It's just they don't go hand in hand. I mean, him speaking about locker room issues is like LeVar Ball speaking on making relevant statements to the media. It's like comparing LeVar Ball to getting a shoe deal with Nike. It's just things that should be happening. Him talking about Brandon Marshall in the media is like LeVar Ball selling, saying he sells affordable shoes. It's just not happening. Sheldon Richardson calling out Brandon Marshall is like calling LeVar Ball a great a great guy. I mean, the list goes on with LeVar Ball. I mean, the knucklehead who, what's he said to Christine Lehigh, was an absolute joke, idiotic, idiotic, foolish, and disrespectful. Listen, listen, she said some things about LeVar and his family, but who hasn't? Who hasn't said negative things about LeVar Ball? This guy put on a circus act and has made everything about him. And his brand is nothing but a joke. I just want Lonzo to shine and for LeVar to go home. And imagine if Lonzo doesn't shine, man. Then everyone's coming for LeVar's head. I just want it to be Lonzo Ball getting drafted, not LeVar's son. And we, we hope Lonzo doesn't become like his dad when he does 
do well and maybe when he does become an NBA All-Star and when he does start cashing checks and making millions, we hope the two can't relate. This is the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it, iTunes, and Spotify. I mean, I could talk. I just don't want to give LeVar Ball that much attention. People still will book him just to get ratings. And guess I guess part of it is smart, but don't give him the platform anymore. That should have been the final straw. What he did to Christine Lehigh report, like not even looking her in the face just because she had said some bad things about him. LeVar, everyone has. She wasn't the only one. She was doing her job. She was talking about how poor you have done. I mean, there's other ways you can go and get a reality show. And disrespecting people like that is... Listen, I don't think he was a threater. I, I think her saying, oh, are you threatening me, was a little much. But the rest of it, she's uh, she's accurate on. Everything she says is right. You have to appeal a woman. We talked with Nancy Lieberman about this last week. The people buying these sneakers, these shoes, are not the dads. The moms are getting them. It's the females that are going out and buying these products. Oh, we don't need a pe- we're, we're big ballers. Only big ballers. Big baller brand is only men. Women don't count. I mean, really? You're going to go out and say that when when you're not the one that's getting the stuff for the kids? If you're only appealing to male, the 50%, there's males, there's females. If you're appealing to 50% and you're appealing to the wrong 50%, you're a bad businessman. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's appealing his product to people who aren't going to be the ones purchasing the product. There's a reason you've sold as many shoes as the dollars that the shoe cost. Your shoe's what, $400, $495? He said he sold $400, $500. He's probably exaggerated a little bit. His one shoe cost more dollars than the amount of people have bought it. Think about that. Let that sink in. And then you're going to pitch that to Under Armour, Nike, and all these all these places that are well-known for appealing not just men, to appealing to women. Having women's shoes and having women's products that women buy, women will run with, play sports with, and you want to appeal to one side. And then you and then you have the... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just the laughable part of saying you've become a $3 billion empire. Good luck. Good luck, LeVar. Wish you the best. You have a better chance of making $3 billion doing reality shows, which is what seems like you want. And congrats on all the attention. But stop giving this freaking idiot interviews. Enough's enough. Show some respect. Don't give this knucklehead an interview again. And nobody is safe. Don't. Just don't do it. Producers need to... Turn down! LeVar Ball. Please. Turn down! Please. Turn down! Please turn down, down LeVar Ball. Hey, Colin Cowherd, uh, can I come back on the show, uh, producer? Turn down. Please do it. Hey, Al Dukes, I love uh, LeVar Ball on uh, the Boomer and Carr program. Al, your response? Turn down. Thank you. Hey, Mike Samter, I'd love to have you on Tiki and Tierney on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, can we have LeVar, LeVar on, Mike Samter? Turn down. Please. This is the Jake Brown Show on Play It Out at iTunes and Spotify. We talk LeVar Ball. 
We talked about what the inevitable is. The NBA Finals coming up with Cavs Warriors. Once the Cavs take care of business, hey, maybe the Boston does win at home. They're inspired. They win at home. Then Cleveland will close it out in front of their home fans. And June 1st, can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, baby. The Finals we all want. That we're all craving for. Cavs Warriors rematch. We have coming up on the show soon Mike Mazio of the New York Daily News, and we have Connor Bruggeman of Herb.co and former penny stock trader in high school where he made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but before we get to those guys, I want to bring out a new segment to close the first half of the show. Um, and you might know the guy that you might know him pretty well. I, I heard he runs our country, uh, and he's famous for saying, You are fake news. Where he's famous for saying fake news, and I wanted to go for some news this week in sports that is. You are fake news. Fake news. And number one, number one, Odell Beckham Jr. not going to voluntary OTAs. You are fake news. Who cares? It's May. Training camp starts in July. The guy is a pro bowler. Don't bring up the freaking boat again. There's no reason he needs to be at voluntary OTAs. And then when he gets hurt, the 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 saying is going to be, "Why did he do that? He could have should have been resting." Who cares if he's not there? Are you going to question his his talent because he's not at voluntary OTAs? Is that this is such a May storyline, and that's why you are fake news. It, it just is. Number two on the list, and again, a football storyline. Because football just, I mean, the news waves that fo- football just never stops. I mean, the NFL could be abolished and it would still be a topic, even if there were no games. And number two. You are fake news. Bengals coach Marvin Lewis rips the NFL for loosening its celebration rules and says it's bad for kids. You are fake news. Really? People want to see Marvin. First of all, they want to see you win a freaking playoff game. How about that? You should be happy you have a damn job. How about you worry about your job security before worrying about them be loosening up rules that that shouldn't have been there in the first place? Come on, son. Those rules should not have been there. Some of the best parts of a football game are the creative celebrations that we see from these guys. And now we get to see them again. You know how much stuff is out there. You know how much stuff is on the internet where kids are already going to celebrate and do their celebrations. You think this is, this is only going to make the game more fun. There's so much stuff out there. Does that really watching a celebration make all the difference for the kids? Marvin Lewis said, I'm not for that. At all. We had a good standard, and the whole standard has always been you want to teach people how to play the game correct way and go about it the correct way. And that's not a very good example for young people. Neither is Pac-Man Jones getting arrested 12 times, one of your players. Neither is half the rest of your roster getting arrested. Are those good examples for the young people? Are you worried about the right things here? How about you keep your players in line? How about that? The rules were changed for a reason. I thought we had a good outcome. Again, this is a team game, and I don't understand why we want to give in to individual celebrations. Guys celebrate on every play. 
Let them have some fun when they score a touchdown. When Terrell Owens took out the Sharpie in the end zone and signed the ball, that was incredible. I mean, that's an amazing video. And in the good name, in the good name of our friend Content in 2017, it's great content. I mean, any touchdown celebration becomes a story, becomes clicks, becomes retweets. I mean, it blows up the internet. So, Marvin, you must be in the wrong age if you think this is bad because I'm happy about it. Enough of the fines. Antonio Brown fined for twerking? Come on. I mean, that's... Come on, son. Marvin Lewis. You are fake news. Number three. And the final fake news segment of the show before we hand it off to Mike Mazzio and Connor Brogman. Seth Curry said he's a better shooter than his older brother, Stephen Curry. Now, Seth Curry, Seth, S-E-T-H, said he's a better shooter shooter than his older brother, Steph Curry. You are fake news. Bro, come on. Now, the pundits will say, oh, well, he shot. He had a better shooting percentage. Seth shot 48% from the floor and 42.5% from three, while Steph shot 46.8% from the field and 41.1% from three. Oh, you're telling me Seth had t- takes as many shots as Steph? You are fake news. Come on, man. The guy's barely been in the league, and he's confident. Give him, give him credit. He's confident in his abilities. But stop it. I love to see them in a shooting competition, not in a game, where they're just shooting around and see if Seth even comes close to Steph. I mean, again, that, that's that's a headline that just reeks. You are fake news. It just reeks. You are of, fake news. It reeks you are it. fake I'm keep news. Playing. You are fake news. You are fake news. You're nowhere near Steph Curry. You're not near your damn brother. So get a grip. This is the Jake Brown Show. That was our fake news segment. And you heard us talk about Sheldon Richardson. We didn't mention... Throw it in there, Enos Cantor. I mean, what a crazy story. This guy comes back to America and seems like he may never be allowed in Turkey again, and neither does he want to be back. Um, but he is back in America after a crazy situation where they wouldn't let him go, and now he is back. Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically the talk of the town right now is the potential of Cavs Warriors. And that's that's what we'll talk about next week as well. That's what Kenny Anderson will talk about tomorrow. Again, thoughts and prayers with everyone in Manchester. A terrible tragedy there. And no need to joke David Leavitt, who needs to delete his life at this point with his ridiculous comments. Um, but it's the internet, man. You never know what will be said anymore. It's It's sad. That will wrap up this portion of the show. Make sure you stay tuned, though. Coming up next is New York Yankees beat writer for the New York Daily News, Mike Mazio. And following Mike Maz will be Connor Bruggeman of Herb.co, the former penny stock trader as well, to talk some cannabis and why it would be good for sports to let it slide a little bit. And we'll talk about uh, a type of strain of marijuana that not even Snoop with smoke. So if you if you don't want to hear about that, then I don't know what you want to hear about. 
Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, and listen at play.it slash Jake Brown, and follow us on social media at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show. We're signing out for now. Two interviews coming up. Kenny tomorrow. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. A new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Mike Mazio, Yankees beat writer for the New York Daily News, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome back to The Jake Brown Show, a packed show today. A couple of guests, and tomorrow you'll hear Kenny Anderson, the former NBA All-Star on the show. But right now we are in New York, and the Yankees, while they're a little up and down recently, uh, they're still in first place, much to the shock of me and almost everybody in the world right now. And to talk some Yankees baseball, it's Mike Mazio of the New York Daily News. He's the Yankees beat reporter there, and you can follow him on Twitter at MazNYDN. Mike, appreciate you coming on, man. How you doing? My pleasure, Jake. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, not as good as Aaron Judge has been these first couple of months where he or there's people out there who are saying, is he the next Derek Jeter? Is it a little too soon to make that uh, crazy a comparison? Yeah, probably. I mean, he had one phenomenal month. I mean, unreal month, you know, like Gary Sanchez did uh, last August. You know, his April was fantastic. He had 10 home runs, really took baseball by storm, and I think he took the Yankees by storm as well. I mean, when you look at it, going into spring training, he wasn't guaranteed a job. He had to make adjustments to a swing in the offseason after striking out in half of his at-bats. Uh, 2016, when he came up and made a brief cameo in pinstripes. Then he had to go out in spring training, win a starting right field job over Aaron Hicks. He hit really well, but it came down to the last uh, grapefruit league game, right before they played the Phillies in Clearwater. Joe Girardi finally announced that he'd won a job, was going to be their everyday guy, and they were going to stick with him through, uh, excuse me, uh, any potential slumps he was going to have. He said, you know, we're committed to this kid. We're going to play him every day. And, you know, right away, um, he had a huge hit in Baltimore in that first series. Um, Yankees were potentially facing a sweep. They came back from 3 nothing down. He had a game-tying home run. They won that game. They were 1-4 at the time, and then they started to roll. And they got back at home, and he just basically was homering every game, hitting towering blasts. I mean, he made a couple of phenomenal catches, too, that one at Fenway Park and then the one in Tropicana Field on, on Sunday where he laid out. And he had four, struck out four times in that game, but nobody will remember that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really lived up to the billing. You know, Scott said, hey, this kid can go one way or the other. He's either going to be – you know, really bad, can strike out all the time, or he has that superstar potential. And uh, he's going through a little bit of a rough patch right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the pressure hasn't got to him. He's remained humble and really modest about all his accomplishments. And, uh, you know, it seems like he does have the potential to be a long-term fit for this team and a productive long-term fit for this team. Yeah, and he's taking over New York when he's already doing sketches on Jimmy Fallon uh, in the streets there where people didn't recognize him and said, oh, you're an hour judge. But I always say, and it's early on, uh, we will always remember the legend of Chris Shelton, who with the Detroit Tigers had that incredible April and then fell off the face of the earth. This is not going to happen to Judge. He's got the talent. But as you said, strikeouts, 50 strikeouts, uh, in 146 at-bats. So he's striking out once every three times about, uh, which is something to watch out for. Uh, he's been great. Now the next guy is up, uh, Glaber Mania. Glaber Torres here gets called up to AAA. When do you see his time coming? Is this the year he gets the call up in a couple of months here or even sooner? I think if he's really productive down there and he does what he did at AA and he, he started to heat up at AA. Um, he had four homers in five games you know, right before he got called up. Um, so if he's productive down there and he's hitting, um, you know, the Yankees will have options if 
you know, a Chase Headley who's in a six for 55 slump, if they decide, you know what, we're going to bench this guy and bring the kid up. Uh, maybe if they're in a slump during the year. Or let's say Starlin Castro gets injured, Dee Gregorius gets injured, or Chase Headley gets injured. And then they have another option. Let's bring the kid up, you know, and really let him, um, let him roll in, in New York. Um, so it's good that he can play three positions. I think it's probably a really hard transition for a 20-year-old to do that, um, especially being so young in his career. But I mean, from all indications, from every person you talk to in the organization, outside the organization, you know, the kid has a really good head on his shoulders. Did just recently get benched for not running out a, a ball, but it seemed like Brian Cashman didn't really think much of that. He thought the ball was going to land fair. It didn't, so he didn't hustle out of the box, and he got pulled. But the next game, he homered. Um, it seems like he's just a really high baseball IQ kid. Everyone thinks his, his hitting is really advanced to hit breaking stuff um, this early and recognized it this early in his career. And so, yeah, I mean, if he uh, continues to roll like he did in AAA, he's going to push them to to consider him, you know, whether they want to or not this stage, maybe they don't, but if he continues to hit like this, he's definitely going to push for a spot. And listen, we knew the Yankees are 26 and 17, first place. We knew they'd hit. I mean, they're, they're getting the hidden from Starlin Castro, D.D. Judge. I mean, Ellsbury, Gardner have all been pretty solid. Uh, Matt Holiday as well. The pitching has been the problem, and that would be what dooms this team if they do uh, fall down to earth here. I mean, when you're in top two, really, in Tanaka and Sabathia, have, I mean, Tanaka's been terrible, and Pineda's been all right. Uh, but that's been the issue with the Yankees, and that was, was coming into the year. Do they need starting pitching? Now, say this team here is still floating over 500 and still at the top of the race. Do you think they suddenly, a team that was rebuilding, become buyers at the trade deadline and maybe go after, I don't know, a Garrett Cole, or they go after a starting pitcher come July? Sure. I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, Brian Cashman's been pretty open about that. If they declare themselves contenders, he'd certainly recommend trades to Hal Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner kind of seems at this point reticent to, you know, pull a move that would include, you know, big prospects that, you know, they wouldn't include Glaber Torres in a trade unless, like, return Mike Trout or something. Like, there's no way they would they would move him. But, uh, you know, some of these other kids, maybe it's a Clint Frazier, Corey Mateo, Tyler Wade, and Justin Fowler are killing it at AAA right now. And they really seem like they have the Yankee DNA and makeup, those two, Fowler and Wade, to play the game really hard, really professional. Um, but, again, I mean, if there's a chance for a Garrett Cole, if there's a chance for a Jose Quintana, you know, maybe the Yankees decide, yeah, I mean, we're, we're at least going to recommend it and see what Hal thinks. And certainly it was really hard for the Steinbrenner family to decide to kind of, quote-unquote, you know, raise the white flag last year. But, I mean, those trades returned Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield and Flavor Torres, and that kind of restocked the farm system. And the a crazy part is, I mean, none of those kids have really played a role this year because, I mean, those trades, you know, by getting rid of Beltran, they open up a spot for Judge. He kind of gets some exposure. Um, and then they get rid of Brian McCann, you know, and they make Sanchez the everyday guy, and he did get hurt, but... You know, not only did those trades return huge prospects, they also opened up those spots to give, you know, Judge and Sanchez potentially five, six hundred at bats. I mean, Sanchez probably won't get there, but you know, the point is, you're giving your young players dynamic talents with potential, you know, a ton of time in the big leagues, and so far they've they've really taken off. Frazier for Quintana right now, do you do it? Uh, I would say probably yes, but but I mean, yeah, it's, that's that's you know something Brian Cashman may have to weigh. Um, Frazier had kind of an up and down camp, you know, there's the whole hair fiasco. He also played the game a little bit recklessly, was involved in a collision with Fowler out in the outfield, then kind of fell over the wall and right trying to catch a foul ball. So, you know, he, the, the organization likes him, 
but I definitely think, you know, maybe there's a little volatility there given his kind of personality, which could play well in New York, but it also could backfire. So um, Katana has the track record. He hasn't really been that great this past year, but he has had four straight seasons of 200 innings pitched and a three RA. And you wonder if he would come to New York um, where they had him. You know, it's a funny part is they had Colin Katana. You know, they drafted Cole, thought they could sign him. He didn't sign, went back in the draft and was drafted number one the next year by the Pirates. Then they had Quintana, and we're kind of trying to figure out if they're going to make him a starter or a reliever. His last year went 11-2 and two in Tampa, but they said, you know, we don't want to keep him on the 40. They voted as an organization, said we don't want to keep this guy on the 40. Uh, so they let him go, and then he revitalized his career in Chicago. So, you know, it would be kind of ironic if they brought in either of those guys. But I think, like, at this point, the way that they're contending and how many young players they have, it would be surprising given that Quintana's under control for a cheap price. They said no to that trade. But, I mean, you know, Aspen does love Frazier. He said he's legendary bat speed. So, you know, I'd, I'd probably do that deal, you know, just covering the team every day, realizing they have potential. But, you know, you do have to see the long-term picture as well. How much longer do you think Chase Headley has, Mike, uh, in a Yankee uniform? Are his days numbered? Well, I mean, he does have, you know, $13 million due to him this year. I think $13 million due to him next year. So, I don't exactly know what the marketplace would be for a third baseman that is in a really bad slump right now, um, six for 55. You know, I guess if they decided, you know, maybe they could get, uh, you know, maybe if they paid half his salary, some other team would be willing to take him on. And he is a really good guy. You know, it's the thing that fans obviously don't really understand or care about, but he's always accountable. He's a super great guy in the clubhouse, you know, especially to deal with as a reporter. And then I think his teammates like him as well, but, um, you know, you can't, go on these prolonged stretches where you're hitting six for 55 when this team's trying to compete. It's easier for him to go through that because the team is winning, but at the same time, you just don't want that liability in there. And he's had trouble throwing the first base. He's had nine errors. He has made a couple of really nice plays as well. Last night, he robbed uh, Escobar of a leadoff hit down the line with a great diving play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough, uh, but they have been able to overcome it because the team is playing well. Whereas last year when they got up to the, Game 16 start, and he was hitting 150. You know, it was definitely more magnified. But they do have Claver in the minors. You know, Tyler Wade could also bring up. He's kind of a guy they're grooming as like a, you know, a hybrid utility guy, but he could play third as well. So they do have options if Headley continues to struggle, and then they have to figure it out. So, I mean, I do think he needs to pick it up because there are young kids that are, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to try to make the major leagues, and he's got to produce. Listen, Matt, how about this? You guys pay off, the Yankees pay off Headley here, and the Mets trade Hansel Robles and the Moonshot uh, Express for Chase Headley, one for one. How about that? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the, maybe. <laughs> so you're, the Yankees bullpen can implode even more when Hansel Robles gives up seven homers in a two inning span. How about that? Right, yeah. No, I mean, the Yankees <laughs> bullpen's been really good um, up until this point where all the Chapman got hurt. Everyone kind of got moved up a roll, and Adam Warren has kind of gone through a rough patch where he's. You know, has like an 11 and a half ERA in his last five uh, outings, which hasn't been good. Give up a two-run homer yesterday, uh, but otherwise they've been really good. I mean, Clipper just had a phenomenal ERA; it's below two. But Kansas has a .6 ERA, and they've kept him fresh. I don't even think he's reached 15 innings yet. We're at the quarter pole of the year, so he's looked good. Even I don't get the role that you know, Randy Levine didn't think he could do. He's done it. Yeah, and done it really effectively. I don't understand why Clippard has bounced around because he's such a quality reliever and he just keeps going to new teams and now back with the Yankees. Uh, he has such great stuff. I just don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I think he went through some stretches where he was kind of ineffective. But mm-hmm. when the Yankees traded for him, it was kind of an afterthought. They'd given up Miller and Chapman, needed another arm. 
He was really effective in the brief stint he had last year with the Yankees, and this year it's carried over. Um, he's a fly ball pitcher, so he's sometimes prone to giving up the home run. But he strikes out a lot of guys, and he's another guy that's a phenomenal clubhouse guy. So his value goes beyond you know the seventh or eighth inning, wherever he's pitching. Um, he's also a really good influence on the rest of the guys on the roster. It, so yeah. he's been a really good find for them, really good bargain for them. Last one here. I mean, if you had to predict, Mike, what's going to happen with the Yankees, do you think they do fall back down to earth to a 500 team, or do you see this team continuing uh, to run through and maybe win the American League East? Yeah, I mean, it probably just depends if their offense can keep it going. And, and I think the good thing about their offense is it's diversified enough to where, you know, if Judge cools down, maybe Didi gets hot. You know, Gardner is, is hitting a homer every other game right now. So I think the best part about their offense is when some guys – aren't going well, other guys will pick up the slack. So it really is like there's no easy out in the lineup right now. Maybe obviously you consider Headley an easy out right now, but really given the track records of all the guys on the team, there's no real easy out for any pitcher, which is good. Um, then you look at the bullpen, it's got to pick it up. Um, but if Chapman can some, you know, if they can kind of get through this Chapman injury as long as it's going to be, you know, supposedly a month, maybe longer, um, you know, the bullpen's going to be locked down if they, you know, they eventually return Chapman to the closer role. Tampa's back to the eighth, Clifford back to the seventh, and then Warren in that swingman role that he's really good at. Um, you know, then your bullpen is solid. It's arguably the best in baseball when healthy. Um, and then, you know, the starting pitching, Ken Severino and uh, Pineda keep it up, you know, because those two guys were the, the two question marks. You know, there was a lot of volatility there. The stuff is great, but then the results haven't been. This year they have. Both guys have struck out a ton of guys, walked very few guys, kept the Yankees in games. And, uh, you know, can Tanaka figure it out? If Tanaka figures it out somehow, then all of a sudden you're looking at a different team. You know, then you'd be back to being a number one, number one A, number two guy, whatever you want to call him. If he can be productive every time and they know what they're going to get from him, then you're looking at this team in a different light. But right now, obviously, the starting pitching is a mess. They've gone 13 straight starts without getting seven innings. And uh, that's not going to work long term. It's just not because the bullpen's going to get killed. Mike Mazio, the Yankees are heading into Memorial Day weekend, still in furs, much to the surprise of all of us. Uh, we'll see how long they continue and how long these bats do stay high, high, hot. Excuse me, uh, Mike Mazio, Maz NYD, and the New York Yankees beat writer for the New York Daily News. Maz, appreciate you coming on, man. Good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. You got it, Jake. Take Thanks. care. This is Connor Ruggeman from Herb. I'm a serial entrepreneur, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And we are back on the Jake Brown Show on Play.iTunes and Spotify. You can find us. Make sure you rate us five stars, write a review, and all that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow our show at Jake Brown Show. On the line with me now is a is a guy, basically a kid. He's twenty, younger than me, um, but a twenty year old serial entrepreneur, um, Connor Bruggeman. He's a COO of Herb.co, uh, the largest cannabis media company and he's a former penny stock trader in high school uh where he made a good chump of change doing that and he launched the digital education platform that was called investors corner connor good to have you on man how you doing doing great jake how are you thanks for having me of course uh i'm doing well uh now you've had quite the interesting life we could say uh first off how did the whole penny stock trading go in high school and i mean you started so damn young it's crazy yeah, so um, I just started working when I was a freshman in high school and saved up money for a few years. Um, and during my junior year of high school, 
I opened an E-Trade account with my father to basically teach me about uh, fundamental investing and stocks with dividends. And I just read on the internet about penny stocks and how you can have you know massive percent gains and really got fascinated with that and honed in, uh, you know, taught myself uh, how that all works. And over the course of about two and a half years through a um, bunch of ups and downs along the way, turned uh, $9,700 into over $350,000 um, while I was in high school. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that was a fun journey. And while I was in high school, I also built a uh, digital educational platform. When you were in high school, when that happens, like, are you playing, they see me rolling, they hate, like, are you pulling up in a Ferrari or something? Like, right down the hallway with that playing. (laughs) You had the boombox over your shoulder? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that happens. I mean, it's interesting because your Wikipedia says he was able to turn his life saving from working as a busboy at a local barbecue restaurant, I like the description there, into over $300,000. I mean, that's, uh, what kind of barbecue are we talking here? Um, Texas style. We got, uh, there's dry rub ribs, pork, oh. brisket. Um, place was the greatest. I, uh, yeah, I worked there for about two and a half years, still uh, top in for lunch, but that's sort of where I, uh, earned my, like, uh, initial startup capital and, uh, was taught how to work hard for, for a dollar. You went from $10 an hour to, like, 10000 an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so so you turn that. I mean, you've done a lot here, and then Herb comes along. Tell us how that opportunity came about. You guys have crazy numbers. I mean, eight million likes. You get an absurd amount of views and and Facebook watches, and you've kind of built yourself into a cannabis empire. Yeah, so um, I was running uh, Investors Corner, a digital education platform that teaches people how to trade stocks um, for about two years, and essentially started to get bored with stocks and ventured off into digital media and through a good friend of mine, Gerard Adams, who was the founder of a site called Elite Daily, which was acquired by Daily Mail for $50 million a few years back. Um, I met Matt Gray, the founder and CEO over at Herb, um, and basically just really hit things off. He was building out the team and jumped on uh, board there. And we push uh, 200 million monthly video views uh, across our social channels. Um, we have 5.3 million monthly unique visitors, and like you said, 8.4 million fans uh, over on Facebook. Tell us about cannabis here, because I think people and the, and the government and um, everything—it it just needs to be passed in every state. I mean, it, it can be used in so many positive ways to cure sicknesses, diseases, and it doesn't seem like there's enough bads. For for it to be illegal at this point. Uh, break it down for us since you're the expert. Yeah, so I mean, it's really just, you know, an overall, uh, you know, we're on drugs and with cannabis, it's just crazy to, you know, believe that in one state for having um, a joint out in public could, uh, you know, potentially put you in handcuffs and behind bars. And then in another state, you could walk into a dispensary and legally purchase and consume cannabis. Um, so there is like a big discrepancy across this country but uh, over the past few years it's been really great seeing state by state legalize or decriminalize uh cannabis and you know really starting to see a lot of progress there um hopefully uh the current administration doesn't hurt things or push things backwards uh but it's definitely a very interesting time in the industry and how it relates to sports since we are a sports 
and a little bit of entertainment podcast. I mean, cannabis, uh, it seems like, I mean, most of the league and people, a lot of people could figure this out, 75% plus of probably the NBA and 75% plus of the NFL smoke, and they just do it when they know they're not getting drug tested, and some guys do it when they know they are and they fail, a la Josh Gordon. And it feels like it's a, a necessity for some of these guys, especially when you have a Thursday game after playing on a Sunday, to really heal uh, the wounds that you have to deal with in a game, just getting hit, getting hit in the head, getting hit in the knees. And the NFL is, still has not truly allowed it. I mean, how much of a difference would it make here if the NFL and other sports uh, legalize this? Yeah, it would definitely make a very big difference. There's uh, former NFL players like Eugene Mon- Monroe, Ricky Williams, who are very big uh, advocates for cannabis and are very outspoken about how in the NFL they'll you know, essentially hand out prescriptions to any sort of pharmaceutical drug you want to, like you said, take care of those head injuries. You're um, you know, putting your body through you know, the, the ringer. Uh, each week, and cannabis is a you know a plant-based uh, supplement that could do the exact same things uh, prescription drugs are doing uh, for these athletes. And you see people get addicted to them. You hear people like uh, Junior Seau and other athletes who are you know committing suicide after they retire because of how dependent and addicted they become on different prescription pills. And you know it's kind of a no-brainer to look at cannabis as alternate med- medicine. Uh, for professional athletes do you think there will be a point um, that this is changed with I mean when more studies and research are done then maybe the next couple of years they'll change their stance and it'll hopefully help players out a lot yeah uh, absolutely I think um, you know it's really just getting out there and having other players in the NFL the NBA uh, the NHL really have a voice and, and take a stance um, unfortunately there's just so much money in pharmaceutical drugs that's really halting the um, explosion of this industry and legalization of cannabis. Um, but, you know, the best way to really be pushing the industry forward is seeing, um, you know, key athletes come out and be vocal about these issues and say, you know, why not? Why can't I uh, consume cannabis after a game or uh, whatnot? Is there certain kinds of cannabis that, are, I mean, is, you, you know a little bit better than I do, but is there like a top three, like the greatest weed of all time like something that snoop dog would smoke like is there a top three there uh yeah i mean there there's all the different strains there's uh something called moon rocks which uh is something that snoop dog won't smoke because it's too potent for him so i guess uh that might take the cake is number one if snoop won't do it uh, i don't think any of us no okay so that's number one what what is it called something moon rocks moon rocks moon rocks or caviar um caviar uh, yeah, it's like, ca- like caviar moon rocks. Um, it's essentially uh, like a nug of cannabis, uh, and then it gets dipped in hash oil, uh, which is like the same thing that dabs are made out of, and then rolled in keef, which is like a highly potent uh, substance that's a part of cannabis. So it's just a, a very, very potent uh, dose, if you would. <laughs> so, okay, what is there a two in, like, I know, like, the bait, like, you know, sour diesel, you know, blue dream. You know, Kush. Um, but what's after Moon Rock? Are there other any other Snoop potent ones that he wouldn't smoke? Yeah, um, I mean, there's Gorilla Glue, which is a, okay, I know that. a classic, and then, like you said, the Sour Diesel is uh, the Coca Cola of, of weed. <laughs> that was a great analogy. Um, Connor Bruggeman, uh, COO of Herb. Go check him out. I mean, wh- how do you guys do it? Like, how- I mean, I guess there is a lot of stoners out there. I mean, eight million 
likes, though, and all these views, uh, you have a pretty hardcore fan base. Yeah, um, I, I think there's um, you know a big uh, misconception around cannabis uh, that you know people just think that someone who smokes weed is your stereotypical quote-unquote stoner who's just sitting on the couch playing video games when <laughs> there's a lot of people in the closet who consume cannabis like every day or on the weekend, whatever it may be, that if you're walking down the street, they don't uh, fit the description of a typical stoner. So um, can we look at cannabis just like alcohol. It's, um, you know, it's for mainstream people. So we try and create content that has mainstream appeal and is representative of tomorrow's cannabis industry. Um, so that's sort of our, our strategy and uh, ideology. Listen, you're 20. You've done penny stocks, turned into 100,000 CEO of Herb. I mean, where? what do you see your future holding? I mean, it seems like you've accomplished so much so early, uh, but what's like your ultimate dream here? Um, you know, my dream is just to, you know, create really incredible brands and companies and really have an impact on the world and uh, do things that that matter to, you know, people more than just myself. So that's uh, where I see things going. And right now I'm just focused on really creating an amazing uh, platform content uh, for mainstream users of cannabis. So you want to be the moon rocks of life, basically. <laughs> that would work. That'd be the trick. <laughs> Connor Bruggeman, check out Herb, um, like them on Facebook um, and on Twitter as well. Follow him on Twitter at C underscore B-R-U-G-G. Connor, great talking to you, man, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Appreciate you coming on. That's great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.